I have a knee that constantly gives me trouble. I just, I just need the Lord to heal it. No, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm not getting a knee replacement. I need, I need the Lord to do, to give me a new knee. How many of y'all believe that's possible? I need you to pray for that. Thank you. Um, because I, it's just, it's an annoyance to me. I cannot wear high heels anymore. These are, I see they're like wedgy things, you know, yesterday. I did a, taught the D-Psalm and I had on my heels and by the time I got home, I was crippled again. I thought, this is not going to work for me. So I'm just going to ask the Lord to give me a new knee because it would be cheaper for him to give me a new knee than for me to buy new shoes. Well, that's true. Because <laughs> you've got several pairs of I have a lot. I have like a collection. Me and, what's her name, Amelda Marcos? Yes. You know, if the shoe fits buy it. That was her. So that's me too. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for the rain. We thank you, God, that we're able to gather back here together. We thank you, God, for keeping our body in health, Lord God, and for being with us. We ask you, Lord God, that you would touch and that you administer healing to everyone who is in need, Lord. We ask, Father, that your Holy Spirit would come, that you invade this house with your presence, Lord God, that you would go and penetrate our hearts, Lord God, implant the word, Lord God. Let it bring forth much fruit. I ask, Lord God, that we would be completely positioned before you, Lord God, to be, to be exposed and changed in your presence today. We love you and praise you, Lord God, and give you glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Okay, we're going to turn your Bibles to Psalm 139. We're going to start there. i got to find it here. And we're going to talk about the heart today. Now, is that not good? What? She, what? Coincidental? Well... I didn't know what I was going to talk about, so the Lord must have had to, you know, spy on you a little bit and then give me something. That's what it is. You know, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit and how he works. When we were in um, Archer City, there was a guy that was there that he didn't go to church, and his wife and his children came to our church, and they've been praying for him for years and wanted him to go to church, and he struggled with alcohol and different things, you know, just pretty basic stuff like that, and they just had a, a rough marriage, rough family, and of course they wanted dad to go to church. Pretty common story. Well, every time he would come, he would leave mad because, and then he would, he would get home and pick a fight with his wife. Because he said, I know you're telling that preacher about my business. She said, he, she said I'm not. She said, you, he said, that's a lie. You are. Every time I go, he talks specifically about things that I'm going through that only you know about. And I know, and he would, she said, she came to him and said, I don't know what to do. Every time that he comes, he picks a fight with me because he thinks I'm telling you things that are going on in our house. My, that's right. And so are we glad that the Holy Spirit, he is watching and searching and looking, and he does way more than we could ever hope or imagine to do. And so as we look at, as we look at Psalm 139, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I, there's a couple. What words stick out to you there? I, I just wonder. Just, there's no wrong answer here. What? what? Me. me. Okay, good. What else? What other words just jump out? Any words jump out to you? Knowing. So search me, God, and know my heart. Anything else? 
test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Yeah, offensive jumped out at me. Anxious and offensive are two words that really jumped out at me. Because I think the reason they jump out at me is they're really buzzwords. Anxiety. I've got an anxiety disorder. I mean, how many times? You don't have to talk to people very long, and they'll, they'll talk about their anxiety or their depression. Right? I mean, it's a really, it's a popular thing. It's a diagnosis. And I'm not saying it's not real. Anxi- people have anxiety issues, or they have these things. And, you know, we've moved those things, and that's, and, and oftentimes we take that and we put it in a medical category, and I'm sure it needs to be there. I mean, I think that I'm thankful for medicine and all the things that medicine can do and all the help that medicine provides. I'm, I truly, truly am. I have nothing against that. But isn't it funny that it's, this is an ancient text. Yeah, they've always said, yeah, as long as there's been sin, there's been anxiety. But what's amazing to me here is the context where anxiety and offense is put in. Let's just look at it a little bit. Search me, God. Who are we talking to? And who, this, is this a, it doesn't say search us, God. Search them, God. I like that. I would like that better. Right? You know, come on. It's just not that way, though, is it? Search me, God. So who are, who's in the room with this psalm? Just you and God. Search me, God. Search me, God. And know my heart. I've heard Mike say this so many times in preaching when he had a beard. I don't know how he'll preach without a beard. I've wondered about that. <laughs> May not be as good. Maybe better. Oh, okay, okay, good, yeah. <laughs> so, what was I saying? Oh, there's a land, you've heard you say many times, <laughs> there's a land that the Lord's eyes are upon. It's not a land of geography. It's not a nation. It's the land of the heart. That is, I search the human heart, all hearts. And as we look, I want to read you a few more scriptures just to put in some context here, just to look at, come on, it's me, it's me. Thank you. Let's look at, I'll just read these to you. Deuteronomy 5 and 29, oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all of my commands always so that it might go well with them and their children forever. Oh, what a, it's such a wish, isn't it? Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands always so that it might go well with them and their children forever. That's great, isn't it? That's the Lord's desire. Oh, that they had a heart that would be inclined to fear me and to keep my commandments, that it would go how with them? Well with them. And who else? Their children. How long? Forever. Oh, that was one of the things that Mike and I, early on in our Christian walk, we believed the Lord for generational blessing in our house. That not just, not just Lord, we, we have such a lie in our culture that says, well, you don't want to force your children to go to church or they'll resent it. 
If we just use one of our brain cells, we could work through that. Just one. Do you make them go to school? Do they resent it? Sometimes. Do you care? Do, do you make them go to the doctor if they're sick? Do they resent it? Do you care? See, we, we put things in weird categories and we don't process through it because oftentimes it's our, my phone, our hearts need a little bit of searching. Here's another, Ezekiel 20, 36 and 26. He said, oh, that I, I wish they had a heart that would be inclined to, to fear me. But then here's the answer in Ezekiel 36 and 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh or a heart that is tender and responsive to me. The Lord said they need a new heart because the problem with humanity is a heart condition. And so I want them to be blessed and their children forever. I want to deal with offense and anxiety, but it's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. It's a spiritual problem, not a mental one. It is a spiritual problem that has been manifested as a mental problem. That's the truth, y'all. We have been categorizing things as mental illness, and they are. They all, I won't dispute that. But the treatment of it is not in the mental area. You might find some reprieve. You might find some times of, of comfort in that. Now, I, there again, I, I, I applaud medical science. I applaud it. But understand that in the realm of anxiety, in the realm of of. of distress, emotional, mental. It manifests as physical. How many of you have ever been mentally stressed to the point it manifested physically? It is all connected. And he said, but I will give you a new heart. Here's the New Living Translation. And I will put a new spirit in you. Isn't that good? A new one. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender responsive heart yes becky yep Cart- it's not things cardia that's greek right spirit yep mm-hmm That's great. And then where do you go with the New Testament and our new identity? Mm-hmm. Because that spirit has been done. Right. I've, I've been doing a lot of study on this lately, actually. So it's good that you bring it up. Because I actually have answers. You know. So we have First Thessalonians 5 and 23. I want you to be sanctified in your whole person. It says body or spirit, soul, and body. Whenever man was made in the garden... He was made out of the dust, right? Shaped first, but there was no life in him. Would y'all all agree with that? 
Okay, you see that again in Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones, correct? They bone came together, bone to bone, sinew, they were perfectly fully formed army, or they were the whole nation of Israel, is what the vision was about. But they laid there perfectly formed humans, and what did they lack? Life. Because there was no breath in them, right? So form, we would all agree that if we have a dead body laying here and it's beautifully perfect formed, it's really worthless without life, right? You know, Ezekiel, already, how many miracles took place as dry bones began to rattle and shake and come together and sinew grew on them? I mean, that's pretty miraculous, right? They get all the way to fully formed people, but all that really is is just a better form of death. Right? And so, then he said, prophesy, son of man, prophesy to the spirit. And he prophesied to the spirit, and the spirit began to enliven them. So back to the garden, as Adam lay there, a fully formed man, who is he formed by? Not chance or circumstance, right? Every bit of his faculties were in order. His corporal man, that means his physical man was in order. Reproductive, he wasn't formed a baby, was he? Because God formed him for the purpose he had in mind. He was already ready to do what God was going to commission him to do, be fruitful and multiply. He was a fully functioning, mature man. Agree? But he laid there. And what did God do? The Bible says he breathed into his nostrils the breath. That word is the ruach, spirit. Because what is God according to John 4? God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And man was made in the image of God, right? We always talk about this. We think, when you think image, you think, well, he has two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, and that, that's part of the image, apparently. We're part of his design. But the image of God that we're created in, we're created triune. Three parts, spirit, soul, and body. God is Father's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, triune. We see the tabernacle in the Old Testament, right? What were the three parts of the tabernacle? The outer court, the inner court, and the holies of holies. He said, what? No, you not. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So we see in the image there, the imagery of that, you are spirit, soul, and body. So when God breathed into Adam's nostrils and he became a living, the Bible says, God breathed the Ruach, his spirit, God's life, he invested in his creation. Right there. Adam then became a living, what does the word say? Soul. So the intersection between God's created natural man, that's pretty easy. Our physical bodies is pretty easy for us to comprehend. Intersecting with the life of God, which is the breath of God, the spirit of God, every person then is made the individual of a soul, which in their solical realm dwells their mind, your will, and your emotions, your personalities there. There's all kinds of things. That is what makes you uniquely you. Every person who is born on the planet has a soul. Adam shoulda, coulda, woulda eaten from the tree of life, right? But he did not. He ate from the tree of death. He would have secured then the perfect union between he and God had he eaten from the tree of life. But instead, he ate from the tree of the 
knowledge of good and evil. What the serpent said to Adam is, God knows stuff you don't know. What did he appeal to? His soul. God knows stuff you don't know, Adam. Eve, why is he keeping stuff from you? So here, he, he tempted Adam and Eve in their solical part, and they ate from the forbidden fruit, and then their spiritual part of them, it says, and they knew they were naked. That word knew there means that they mo- instantly, the governance from their life moved from a spiritual one where they knew no lack, did they? They knew no lack. And it moved to an intellectual, physical one. And they knew they were naked. And so they began to govern by what they see, what they observe, what they feel. They began, at that moment, their solical part of who they were took over. The soul is made to be a servant in the house, but not the master. The spirit was supposed to be the master which commands the soul and then the body is the slave. But the soul, there was a, there was a, a coup, if you will. And the soul became so overdeveloped and the spirit was disconnected from God. The spirit still existed. It just no longer communicated with God. Because if you were, let's do it this way. If, if you were blind in here, what would happen as a result of your blindness? Would not your ears, your hearing? Oh, they would strengthen huge, wouldn't they? To compensate for the lack. That's the same thing that happened in the fall of man. Man's spirit was disconnected from God. He no longer communicated with God because he had chosen to disobey God. And his soul began to be the most developed part of who he was. And so he led himself by the soul instead of by the spirit. That is so, that's what we do. But God said, to answer your question, he said, oh, that they had a heart. In dealing with that, the, the deepest part of man in dealing with who they are, how they govern, oh, that they had. He said, I will put a new spirit within them. He said he would put his spirit within us. So the whole plan of salvation was started, and we see the very first evangelical mission was God himself. As man had disobeyed God and Adam was hiding out in the trees and making fig leaves to cover his nakedness, and it's funny to me what God asked him, Adam, where are you? He knew exactly where Adam was at. He wanted Adam to know where he was at. And he asked him. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm naked. He said, who told you you were naked? See how he's identifying the problem? Well, I realized I'm naked. I feel my lack. I have a deep sense of lack and inadequacy. Ah, and mankind is plunged into spiritual... Yes, shame and disillusion. But he said, but here we have, we have the great, 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 great evangel... The very first evangelical, I think in Latin it's proto-evangelium. Genesis 3.17. And God said, I will put enmity between your seed, serpent, and the seed of a woman. And he will 
You will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And there we have such a great promise that salvation is coming and God is authoring salvation. He said, oh, that they had a heart that they would serve me. Oh, that they could find themselves in perfect communion with me once again where they wouldn't recoil from my presence and they wouldn't hide out in their sense of lack and they wouldn't weave together their fig leaves of false covering, but that they would run into my presence. Yes, Mike. And it's all he does today. So the falsehood is that God doesn't want to be near you because you are so grotesque. That's the falsehood. And that you have to be something other than who you are because God is sickened by the very thought of you. Now, we don't put these things into context like this because we're smarter than to put them into words. They sound wrong coming out of our mouth. But instead, we just stay away from God. We create a comfortable distance from him so he won't know who we really are. But what does he want from you? Free and true, and I heard intimate, and coming to his presence. Does he want, if you need a new heart, Dolores, what will he give you? How are you going to make your heart good? I'm not going to make my heart good. He is. He's going to give me a brand new heart, a new nature, a new desire, a new love. He's going to give me his love shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, the breath of God, the Numa. And he's going to enliven me. And he's going to give me, he's going to reestablish the divine connection of spirit, soul, and body. And I'm going to learn how to break these old habits of my solical, emotional, nature to govern them. He's going to show me how to be led by the Spirit of God. And I'll be proof to the world that I am a daughter of God because I'm led by His Spirit. Because Jesus made the way that no man could make and He made the way the Father. And now I come boldly before the throne of grace. Not because I have some arrogance in myself, but because I have absolute assurance of what Jesus has done. And I don't recoil from His presence and I don't try to hide out in shame and using religious garb to try and cover myself. I say, God, search me. Oh, how many of us want to say that God search me? Who would say that to God? Someone who trusts the man with the most secret parts of who they are. Someone who understands the law of grace. God, search me and try me. 
see if there no my anxious thoughts. I told y'all anxiety was a what was it afraid of? You may remember? Idolatry. <laughs> I how many of y'all honesty, I'll be honest, how many of you sometimes you you feel anxiety coming all over you? Oh yeah. Don't be lying, not raising your hand. Wants to, yeah. I always think of it like whack a mole. Whack a mole. You know, how many of you ever done whack a mole? You know, they got the thing coming up and you got to hit them down. That's how anxiety creeps up in my life. I find myself a problem arises and I need to deal with it, and so I'll deal with that and I'll be like, you know, and it'll require a little bit of anxiety. You know what I'm talking about? To deal with it. And then I, I you know, I kind of get sucked into that and I, and I whack that mole down and I'm like, okay, now I've, I've you know, I, I feel like in myself, I just dealt with the anxiety because I just dealt with the problem. But you know what happens instantly? Another one bops up. And then I'm like, oh, oh. Uh, you know, and then I'm already in that paradigm. You know what I mean? I'm already in that place and that rhythm. And so I'm there with the thing in my hand, and I paid the quarter to do it, and so I'm just going to whack another one. And I'll be, after I get done with this little anxiety issue, then I'll be done. And I don't even really realize it at the time. And then the next, soon as I get rid of that one, you know what happens? Yeah, I just can't. I will stand there. I will stand there forever until I finally go, what the heck? I'm not sleeping. I'm not resting. I'm, I feel myself being scared of I don't know what. Does this resonate with anybody? I'm like, oh, I feel dread. A sense of dread. Things are going to go wrong. It's just the pattern. And then I go, wait, just a doggone minute. Lord, search my heart. What is this love affair I have with myself? myself so much that I want to cause you to be my pet. I want, to, I want to put you on a leash, God, and carry you around like a pet, an anxiety, a comfort animal. What are those called? Emotional support animal. Or maybe that, maybe that didn't resonate with you. A rabbit's foot in my pocket. A security blank. Something, Belinda, I can manage when I need. But then what I find out is I'm back in the driver's seat again. You know what I'm doing? You know what I'm doing? I'm doing that old thing that I do so well because I'm so human and I have done this for so long is I start operating out of my soulical nature. I, I, I'm a soul man. Ba, 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 ba. You like that one? That's good. That's better than the Star Spangled Banner. Ah. I'm a soul man. I want to, you know, if I can see it, smell it, taste it, I mean, I get all in an uproar. And all I want God to do is just fix my anxiety and God say, move out of your soul. Start operating in your spirit. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your spirit. And so he, he's given us this opportunity and we come before him and we say, God, search me. Search me and know my heart. Jeremiah 29 and 12 says this. You will seek me and find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. That's a promise. 
You search after God, you're going to find him. And you know what you're going to find when you find him? You're going to find peace. You're going to find the greatest lover of your soul. You're going to find someone who wants to. He wants to know your anxious thoughts. But he doesn't want to navigate in those anxious thoughts through your solical nature. That's why the Word of God is so important in your life. To be in the Word. Not just reading the Word and Word processing. I said this yesterday in the D-Psalm. How many times have we aimed at holiness trying to hit acceptance? I'm talking about if I was better God I'll just be better I'm just not good enough so I will I'll, I'll, I'll fast or maybe you're like no I would never say that or maybe I'll do this or I'll read my Bible three hours a day I will do this I'll go to church God I will volunteer I will clean toilets at the church Boy, I said that. You, you aimed at holiness and you're trying to hit acceptance but you know what will happen every time if you aim at acceptance you'll hit holiness every time Yes. So, this is going We as a church, sometimes, we can show our own. Oh, absolutely. We don't introduce them to like what you're saying. If you can't make it to this level, don't get the front door. Yeah. Okay? And all we're doing is pushing not only Christians, but also the people that see how we treat other Christians that have stumbled and failed. And if you're going to treat your own family that way, then, you and you know what we do that for, John? We do that and we treat, it's religion. Religious, religion has trained us. And I have discovered how much I have been trained in religion in times past. That, that you don't, if someone's, you don't ever show weakness, you just don't do it. Is great. Mm-hmm. You, right. Right. But we don't do the job. I agree entirely. For example, whenever um, in, in my, our ministry, people have often, there are many people in the religious church who crave rules and regulation. They want them. Policy and procedure. If you ask Mike or me for a policy and procedure manual, I will just hand you the Bible. And you want to police it? Because if you write policy and procedure, you have to have someone to police it. Here is our belief. The Bible is the policy and procedure manual, and the Holy Spirit is the police officer. And that's all that we want to do. Yes, Becky? Lead me where you are. In the way everlasting. Where you're at. In his presence. 
Absolutely. And we see that. We had a we had a lady that came into our church years ago, and I've told you about her, Missy, and she was a stripper, and she, if you, I mean, she had some issues. She had issues. She had actually gotten saved. Her testimony of getting saved happened in the summer through a woman, a contact with a woman in our church who was trying to get her son out of her crack house. So the lady in our church went to her door, this crack house that the windows were boarded up and no electricity or water or anything, just a bunch of drug addicts in there and just using drugs. All they were doing, cooking meth. And so the lady in our church went to the door because she knew her son had twisted off and had gone for three or four days and he, he came to our church. He just couldn't get delivered. He'd come back in with blisters on his lips from smoking a crack pipe. And he would cry and he'd want to be delivered. And um, so the mother, she would do what mothers do. She went to this door where she knew he was at and she banged on the door and this girl came to the door. And she said, my son's in there and I know he's in there. And boy, she just tore her up. Tore her up. Just up one side and down the other. Told her how terrible she was and all these things, right? It was on a Tuesday morning we had our women's Bible study and she came to church and she came in and the lady didn't drive. The woman, the mother didn't drive. She always called a taxi cab everywhere. People picked her up. She just didn't drive. She came there. She, she's sorry I'm late. She was kind of distraught. Sorry I'm late. She said, I just, I went over to such and such house and um, I know Brandon's in there and I just, I just want to pray for this girl. And she, she said, I just, I, I was ugly to her and I know it and I want to pray for her because I was wrong. It doesn't matter who she is. He, she said, I had no right to say the things I said to her. So we, we didn't know her. We just prayed for her. The Lord would deliver her. Well, Judy went home that day, and she made meatloaf and mashed potatoes and all the things, and she took it back over there. She said, I'm sorry, I just want to give you this. And then the Holy Spirit got involved. And he started putting Judy and Missy in the same place all the time at Walmart. Every time. And so here, and so, and so Walmart, and Missy said, I'd see Miss Judy, and I'd think, oh no, she's following me. And I'd hide from her, and she'd see me, and she'd say, and she'd say, we're praying for you. And she went to the place where she worked, where she was stripping. And she, and she said, because she had to find out where her son was at. And she walked in, and she said, I need to talk to her. She said, well, she's working. She said, get off the stage, or I'm going up on that stage myself. And so the owner's like, we don't want that. So he got her off. These are the kind of things she did. And we went downtown, didn't we, Mike? With a group of women. We were the crazy Pentecostals. With a bottle of oil. At the strip club. You know, it was in daylight. We were gone at night. It wouldn't have mattered. Mike just won't let me go places like that. He said, I'll get thrown in jail. I get mouthy, don't I? A little bit. So they went over there and they, they took the oil and they put a cross on the door. And they prayed this prayer. They said, Lord, let every time she goes in there to strip, let her get nauseous. We call her out 
of this place, and we call her forth to be a champion for the kingdom of God. Let her feel like she's suffocating every time she walks in. Well, Missy said that she, she asked the Lord into her heart sometime in July. And she didn't show up to our church. I remember the Sunday. It was September. And she had... See, the Lord's already working on her. But she's not clean yet. It took her a long time to get in that pit. She'd shaved her head because of her hair extension. She's still... Meth, meth is not kind. It doesn't just... You don't... So she comes out. And our... Our discipleship plan is threefold. Come to church every time the doors are open. Why? Because you need to be where the body of Christ is at. That's why the devil wants to close the doors of the church. You can watch on TV. You can do that. But you won't get the same. Period. Come to church every time the doors are open. Read your Bible every day. Why? Are you trying to earn something? No. You're... This is a living word, for the word of God is quick and powerful, Hebrews 4 and 12 says. And it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And what does it pierce and divide? Soul and spirit. Joint and marrow. In a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Read your Bible every day and pray every day. So get into the present. It's all you got. We knew that if you can do those three things with consistency, you just hide and watch what God will do. I can't even take credit for that. Like it's some wisdom. Because when Missy was talking to me, she was so out there. Pinging. Gone. Gone. And I said, Lord, she's too far gone. That's my exact... I'm praying to... You know, me and the Lord are having a conversation as I'm listening to some perforated version of, I don't know, of paranoia. I'm just like, I can't... It's not, co it's not coherent. And I said, Lord, she's too far gone. And the Lord instantly spoke to me. He said, you just watch what I will do. And I went, okay, God, this one's on you. I said, what do I tell her? She doesn't have enough comprehension to grasp much. Instantly, the Lord gave me those three things. And she didn't have a car. I said, I'll pick you up. We'll get people to get a ride. You do whatever you have to do to get here. And in my mind, I thought, if she's serious and this is God, she'll do it. If not, she won't, and it's not. And it'll never happen. And then she started coming to church. And you know, she still had a lot of hang-ups. And I am not one to say, here, put this on and take that off. And do this and do that and do the other. She went to a women's conference with us right after she got there. And she, we're sitting back there. And I thought it was a boring conference myself. But she went to the altar. And she, as soon as she gets to the altar, the Spirit of God hits her. She lays out in the floor and she convulses for an hour. Shaking. And this is a girl who's never done this. And we finally get her up off the floor and get her in the van, and she shakes the entire time on the way. The whole van, the 15-passenger van is shaking all the way. And she keeps going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't know how to stop it. I said, it's all right, don't stop it. It's God's doing something. She said, it feels like giant drops of water keep hitting me everywhere. And they're just hitting me. And every time a drop of water hits me, she said, it causes my whole body to shake. She says, and she would just shake. She said, there's another one, just huge drops of water. It's causing her to convulse. 
Well, I didn't know what was happening, but the Lord was healing her of hepatitis C. And a lot of other things. And I'm telling you, what she, what she aimed at was acceptance. She was accepted by the body. She was accepted by the Lord. Absolutely, that was just one little tiny thing. Mm-hmm. When you walk away as a Christian, what is the last thing that they saw or heard from your heart? And it makes a very lasting impression. Is that something that they want or not? Absolutely. So the, the teller at the bank, bank that you had to wait through a regular Absolutely. So it comes down to, that's why we have to be willing to pray the prayer, God, search me. It's not that I'm on my best behavior. This is what I, I want to dispel this myth. I want to blow this myth away with the, with the breath of the Holy Spirit. I don't try to be on my best behavior. At all. I don't even think about it, y'all. Let me tell you why. Because I have aimed at acceptance. And I hit holiness. Just, I don't think y'all get it yet, because if y'all was, y'all be dancing around right now. You don't understand it, do you? I'm accepted by God. Fully, because of Christ, what he has done. I come boldly before the, not because of any, I didn't get this much work done and check it off on my criteria list. And then I got good enough, and I went to the Lord. And he, and because I was holy enough to come into his presence. If you're trying, but see, I'm telling you, religion says it all the time. You need to do this, you need to do that. You need to be nice, you need to be nice. You need to do this, you need to do that. You need to do this. You need to make sure you're, watch your conduct, do this, do that. You I didn't learn it that way. You know why I didn't learn it that way? Because I was not programmed with any religious knowledge whatsoever. I was the daughter of a drug addict. I didn't have the teaching of religion. I walked into a church and God saved me and he gave me a new spirit and he, he changed me as an 11-year-old child. Oh, sorry, y'all. He changed me as an 11-year-old child. And no one, and when, but it was, it was years later as religion got involved. And they begin to program me. Well, if you do that, you can't get that. If you don't do that, you don't do that. And they're watching you. I'm telling you, the first church we pastored was hell on earth. A bunch of religious prudes who wanted me to dress a certain way and walk a certain way and talk a certain way and seem a certain way. It was crushing. But I'm thankful for it because I had to. That's the times where you're tested in it. You're like, God, that's not what it's about. If I can't do this naturally by a new spirit within me, a new nature just doing what nature does out of me, there ain't no rule in the world that's going to fix this thing. All I do is get in, I just go into his presence. I don't try to love better, Dolores. I just love better. 
I don't try to be holy. I'm just holy. I don't try. I don't worry about what you think about me. I assume you think great about me. I'm not trying to please the Lord. I just please the Lord. I've aimed at acceptance and I hit holiness. And it's look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. It was just in time. Oh, see, here we go. See, I didn't, I didn't try to, there's no, I'm telling you right now, religion couldn't touch this. It couldn't touch it. It tried to, I mean, every time religion got, you to give me a rule, and by my nature, I want to break it. You tell me to go 55? Tell me do not enter. Ask them. We went to, we went to Puebla. Who was on the Puebla trip? It, who got the cops called on them? It was a do not enter situation. But the door was unlocked. <laughs> so, you're like, but how, what are you saying? I just let the Lord deal with this. I spend a lot of time in prayer and in the Word of God. Not because I'm trying to please the Lord. Number one, because I want to. I want to. And if the want to doesn't produce the how to, forget the how to. Go for the want to. Does this make sense? See, so many times I find people, they're so afraid. They're so afraid they're displeasing to God. I would never be pleasing to God. Not in a jillion years. I'm only pleasing to him because of what his son has done. And I come before him boldly on the merit of the precious blood of the lamb. And he is able, exceedingly able to, out, to make me holy enough. I don't need some outward accoutrements. I don't need to fake it for you. That's what religious te- religion teaches us to do. It teaches us, you know, how many of you have ever been to a very, very, you can just raise your hand up, tell me the, the horrid stories. A very religious church, very, a lot of oriented places, and the leadership or people in the church, it turned out to be absolutely and utterly corrupt. Oh, wow. Can't believe that's ever happened. The pastor's having an affair with the song leader. I can't believe that's You know why? Religion doesn't fix a heart. All it does is make us performers and crappy ones at that. I'm not asking you to be a performer in the house of God. I'm asking you to be the house of God. I'm asking you to say, Lord, search me and try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything in me that's offensive to you, Lord God. And test me and lead me in the way everlasting. And give me that new heart birthed by the Spirit of God. A heart that loves you first and loves you best. Nothing that religion could do 
you. No rule could make me love you like this. Only your love should have brought in my heart by the Holy Spirit could ever, ever cause me to tear up the rule book. You know why I'm faithful to my husband? Because he gave me a rule when we got married that I had to be. Do y'all believe that? I mean, it's a rule. He had it notarized by a judge. Otherwise, I just wouldn't be. Otherwise, I'd be a whore. I'd be turning tricks. But I have that rule. And by golly, I can't break it. Or I'll go to hell. Y'all think our relationship is based on that? You hope not. <laughs> but you know how ridiculous that sounds? But we treat God that way. I'm not serving God out of some commandment because Christ fulfilled the law. And now his love, his relationship with the Father by his spirit is shed abroad in my heart. I serve him because I want to. Not because I have to. I get to. It's not what I owe him. It's what I own through family inheritance. I, I am faithful to my husband. Nobody has to tell me to be faithful to my husband. Nobody has to tell me to honor my husband. Nobody has to. T I love the man. Do you see how love works? Do you see how when you love God, you don't have to be told what to do? So your problem is, is if I don't have that desire, you know what you're serving out of? Your soul. You say, God, divide me. Jesus, you said you didn't come to bring peace on earth. You came to bring a sword. I pray, Lord God, that you would divide my soul and my spirit that you would that you would exactly dissect and everything that is of my natural man and my natural propensities and everywhere that religion has corrupted and contaminated my life everywhere I'm a liar God reveal Lord let everywhere I'm a liar be revealed God search me and try me I'm not trying to impress these people Lord God because I figure that they got their own issues. I ask, Lord God, that you would search my heart. Let the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Lord God, I want you to own my heart completely. I don't have to have a rule that tells me to go to church. I go to church because I want to be where your body's at. God, I don't have to have a rule that tells me to spend time and talk to you, Lord. I talk to you because I love you. I read your word because I love you love your word. You know what I often do, guys? Y'all think I'm a weirdo. I don't do this because anybody's taught me this or told me to do it. I will read a passage of scripture. Oh, God. I love your word. I often find myself kissing the Bible. I love it. I love it. 
as you sent that video of the AGW missions, oh, that song, there's one line, I was crying last night. One line in this song for the AGW missions video says, let the Lamb of God receive the reward for his suffering. I can't program you through religion to ache. To ache. To be more like Jesus. I don't worry if he's pissed off at me. loves me with the same love that he loves his son. He's not trying to keep me from his presence. And it's that love. It's not my love. I don't have an adequate love to love the lost. My natural propensity, and so is yours, and you won't admit it because you don't know yourself this well yet, possibly, is to hate people who are different than you. It is. Someone who disagrees with you who is different than you. But when Jesus' love gets involved, you will be surprised how much you love them. I'm so sick of the divisions in the church about religious garb. I loathe it. I hate it. And if you come to me and that's what you're spewing out of your heart, don't even come to me because I don't want to hurt your feelings. See what I'm saying? I want you to get into the presence of God until you love Him so much that you don't want to propagate your opinions. You just want the Lamb to receive the full reward of His suffering. And what is that, y'all? Souls. I have found that the closer I get to God, every time in my life I get close to God, the nations just start crawling, clawing out of me. That's all I want to do. You see, nations want to God. I don't do missions because I like to travel. I honestly hate to travel. I get sick every time I travel. I want 
people to experience the love of God and be redeemed, not to be wrapped in some religious uniform of order. I don't want to have to tell people to, you know why tithing's not in the New Testament, y'all? In the way some people say it is, you know why it's not there? I don't have to be told to tithe. It's not compulsion of a rule. It's unction of spirit. 10%, guys, is the floor, not the ceiling. He's asked for all in the New Testament. Ten is just the stupid little act of natural faith that you can do if you choose to. I will tell you people who will not make the final cut. It will be people who are not committed in tithing. You know why? They're, they're just not right. They don't understand it yet. You say tithing will get you heaven. I didn't say that at all, and it won't. There will be people who tithe that go to hell. But there will be people in the house of God who have not submitted. It's just a little tiny, tiny, tiny. It's the most minute act of, of submission that a person can demonstrate. A person who doesn't tithe in the house of God is not qualified as a leader in the house of God. It is the most unspiritual practice not to tithe. It's like saying, well, I don't believe in tithing. I say, cool. That's my new thing I just say to people who don't believe in tithing. Because I don't want to argue with idiots. Cool. You know who tithed? Who didn't have a law? We call him Abraham. The father of faith. I had nothing there. Maybe that's for you. Practice some faith. It's just natural. We got to go, y'all. Ah, that the lamb would receive the full reward of his suffering. In your word, if you got the right religious garb on, I don't care about your fear. If it's, I mean, I had a person tell me one time they were, they were distraught over whether or not they were supposed to put up a Christmas tree. They'd heard that it was devilish. And they finally asked me, why are you not worried? They had this Jewish root stuff and it was all, this is pagan. Oh gosh, this, this East Texas area is so fraught with all of that, y'all. Religion is deep here, runs deep. The religious spirit is deep in this place. You know what they finally told me? They said, well, you know, why are you not worried about this? I said, because I talk to the Holy Spirit all the time and he's not mentioned it. He's just not mentioned it. They're led by the Spirit of God. They're the sons of God. I want my, 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 my dare for you is to say, God, search my heart and try me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me. Lead me in a path everlasting. Search me, try me, test me. Search me, try me, test me, lead me. Search me, try me, test me. Because he can't lead you until he searches you, tries you, and tests you. Search me, try me, test me. Because he wants to lead you. Search me, try me, test me. Oh, that was good, God. I didn't know how this all worked. He just now gave me that. Search me, try me, test me. Because he wants to lead you. Oh, that is good. We'll end on a good note. Bye. Yes, thank you.
Sorry. That was good. That was good. I didn't see that till right then. Grace gone. <laughs> How much time do you have? Oh, not much, but. 60 seconds? Yeah, I got that. Hey. Which knee? This one right here. The right one? Yep. No matter what say, you gotta, you're, okay? Uh, Can be weird. Okay. Okay. So, you, you mean. So, okay. Oh, you're telling me to place it by the Holy Spirit. Do I know it hurts? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's comfortable. 